Welcome to Strong and Free, the podcast dedicated to providing you with the information that you need on the topics of the day. No bias, no conjecture, just facts. So, let's go. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Before You Reply Online with your host, Christopher, from the Strong and Free podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I just wanted to say thank you so much for your feedback. It seems like this... um, series is resonating with enough people. So thank you for that. Um, I wanted to say also that, man, I just, the the comments that I read sometimes on political issues is just so wild. I mean, not only does it get heated, you know, it's either that's happening where people are really getting into it or nobody's replying. They get a couple likes and then that's it. And I've asked myself, why isn't there enough sober second thought on the internet? Um, And I think it's all about how we frame issues. So today is going to be about confirmation bias. And look, I mean, I don't want to make this all about doing research and say studies have seen that confirmation bias. No, no, no. Again, this series is about more um, relatability and, um, you know, employing some tips and tools before you hit that reply button online. And so, you know, I think the way in which we frame issues is so important. And today we're going to be talking about that. How we frame issues is just so critical. And the words we use, they carry a lot of meaning. So in prior episodes, we've talked about, um, you know, making sure that um, our replies uh, continue a conversation, which is very important. But before we even reply we have to ask ourselves, is the way in which the issue being framed inviting a conversation or is it shutting it down? So, for example, if a politician releases a budget and there's cuts to teachers um, or cuts to education or cuts to health care, you, already you can see what your friends and family and, and co-workers will post on social media, which is, this government doesn't care at all about you. It's so obvious from their budget. Or someone else might say, if, if you needed more reason to believe this government doesn't care about families or that it's only appealing to the rich and the wealthy that don't send their kids to public schools, just look at their budget, period. Now, in both scenarios, that's not, again, inviting a conversation. That's shutting the conversation down. It's not inviting other people who might have differences of opinion on that to actually respond in a meaningful way. Instead, it's stating, quite frankly, if you agree with this government, you're kind of stupid. No, hang on. You are stupid. You're stupid and you don't care about real people, real everyday people. So automatically, those are conversation enders. And for those people that are posting that, if you notice, the people that like and comment positively are people that would have agreed with your opinion regardless. Um, People who would have agreed with, maybe they don't even like that politician anyways, so they're going to hit like on your your story or on your uh, Facebook feed or Instagram or whatever it is. So you're confirming your own bias by looking at the people that are liking and commenting in favor, and you're surrounding yourself by people who have, who already agree with your opinion. And so we have to ask ourselves, when people post those things, what are they expecting in terms of the comments? So this is what I think. 
in a weird, strange way, I think those individuals are actually expecting a, a person who disagrees with them to say something and then for them just to go all in on that person. That's actually what I think is happening. And it's kind of strange and uh, to, to a large degree sadistic for people to even think about doing that. Um, I don't know if people purposely do that for that type of reaction or if they just want to see so much more people agreeing with their opinion, right? So is it that they really want to see uh, someone of a different opinion post something and then go all in? Or do they want to see 100 likes and 50 comments in favor? And then that's their kind of way of saying, look, I just kind of polled my family and friends and we all agree that this budget is horrible and anybody who agrees with it is stupid. So I don't know what it is, but confirmation bias is very important to understanding political topics and the way in which it's framed. So tip number one, look at the documents, the news articles, the videos, the analysis, the interpretation of the budget, um, and figure out what those individuals and those media outlets are trying to say. So what is it? Is it that there's only negative things that they're saying about the budget? And if so, why? Also, when you're thinking about these issues, think about your personal life and find out if there's areas that you actually agree with this government on. You know, it could be that you agree with this government on some issues and you disagree on others. But the way in which it's presented many times, it's either all negative or all positive. And rarely do we get a balanced perspective. So when we're posting things online, we have to be conscious of our own confirmation bias. Maybe going into this issue, you already had your own thoughts about this government, negative or positive. The moment some large media outlet produces an article confirming your own bias, you share that. And you share that because you want other people to see the linkages that you've made You know, I negatively thought about this politician and this government. This major media outlet confirmed my negative uh, suspicions. I'm going to post this article on my social media. Oh, by the way, there's, there's this other media outlet that posted positive things. But I don't want to talk about that. In fact, anybody who accesses that media outlet, they're crazy too because they're just supporters of this crazy government. So we're confirming our bias with what we're reading And we're trying to get other people to either agree with us or, like I said, we're kind of doing the sadistic thing of hoping that somebody says something negative and then pointing them out and going all in after them. Either way, both do not continue the conversation at all. So that's tip number one. Look at the information that you're consuming and ask yourself, is this actually um, uh, uh, a balanced article? Is it giving any credit to the current government for whatever they're doing? Or is it just attacking everything line by line in the budget? So that's what you have to worry about. Because when we share things online, articles, we we have to remember, I'd love to see a stat. I don't know how many people actually click the article and read it line by line, or they just read the headline and move on. The second tip I want to give you is look at the people who are liking and commenting on your articles and your shares and your shares online. Think about that for a second. Are there hundreds of people commenting? Are there hundreds of likes that you're getting? Or is it the same handful of people liking and the same one or two people commenting? And what are their comments? Think about that, right? So politics is all about engagement. 
And the moment you enter that sphere, if you see that people are not engaging with what you're posting, you might want to take a step back and ask yourself, did I exactly invite people to engage? Now, don't get me wrong. I think the majority of people out there don't want to engage in politics online because they are scared of the negative feedback and blowback of being perceived as someone who supports or doesn't support a current government on a policy. Um, But there are many people who are political and want to engage and are choosing not to. And they're choosing not to because the way in which other people have framed an issue it's like they don't even want to they don't even want to debate that because what's the point you know i look at my uh, at my feeds my social media feeds all the time and there's a lot of negativity i would say that the, the def- there definitely is um a left of center bias um in terms of the types of articles that are being shared um and the rhetoric against right of center and right wing politicians i see that all the time um And uh, so going back to my point on tip number two, which is, you know, think about how many people are actually engaging in your posts. You know, again, is it inviting people to engage or is it shutting the conversation down? And if it's shutting the conversation down and you're only getting the two likes and the one comment, ask yourself, what's the point of posting this? Like, really, if, if, if I'm only getting like two people to like this and, and one person to comment, maybe I'll get no comments. Uh, why am I sharing this, right? You want to share things that are a compelling story. You know, people engage with compelling stories. Now, of course, people also post things that happen to them in their lives and people comment on that. But when it comes to politics, you want to share something that's engaging, that everyone, regardless of political stripe, is um, you know enamored by and wants to actually comment on. And it could be things that you are concerned about in your community. And you want, to com- you want to tell that story in a compelling way where people feel compelled to post back. So, for example, where I live, there's a street, I'm surrounded by condos, and there's a street that runs, you know, right, you know, it's, it's considered the main street that runs in between all these condos. And I tell you, once the weather's good, which it's turning, uh, it's starting to now in Toronto, man, people at night are just ripping it down. Uh, For those that don't know, ripping it means going really fast. And so, you know, there's there's young families, there's kids, um, there's pedestrians, so many pedestrians and cyclists, um, and it's a very poorly lit street. Um, I'm not sure if that's intentional or not, but um, in the summertime, it's just wild how fast some people go. And so, you know, I'm worried that that will, that unfortunately something will happen and that that will be all it takes for the government to get involved. Speed bumps, radar guns, whatever it is. But the way in which I present that issue could be, all you drivers are stupid, slow down, there's families. Think about that for a second. If you're a driver, you're not commenting. You're, not, you're probably going to ignore me. You're probably going to unfollow me. Um, you know? And I might get a couple of likes of the cyclists and the pedestrians and people will be like, oh my gosh, I know, you know, I nearly got hit, da, da, da. Again, I'm confirming my own bias. So what you might say instead, again, because you, you may not know what other people think about this very specific issue, um, what you might say is have an open-ended question. You know, what are people's thoughts about uh, speeding down um, the street that bisects all of our condos? 
um, or what are people's thoughts about um, speed in our area? Um, you know, you might get people who say, oh, man, I I'm concerned too, or I don't think it's that big a deal. It's just part of living in a city. Um, you know, um, speed bumps, all these other things may or may not work. Um, or you might even get a response from someone who's connected with your counselor or your counselor himself, him or herself, who says, you know, like, we've tried it, it doesn't work. So by op asking an open-ended question, you're actually inviting people to respond, again, versus shutting the conversation down. And you'll get more comments, potentially. You'll get more likes. And who knows, maybe if you get enough people who are agreeing with you, then you could say, okay, well, clearly something needs to be done here. And the last tip I'd say for uh, confirmation bias is think about it like this. You don't know at all what your friends and family's politics are. You, you might think you know, but you really don't. And I don't mean to sound harsh when I say that, but you really, you don't know what someone's political politics are, and you can't assume that. You can't assume that because they're your family, or your friends, or your parents, or your sister, or brother, that they're going to agree with you politically. Everybody's different politically. There are some issues you agree with a politician on, and others you don't. So when someone calls you out and says, hey, listen, you know, um, what you said was offensive or whatever, look at the people who are saying that. Are they your closest people? Are they your closest family and friends? Many times they're not because they don't want to get into this whole thing with you about politics because they may have very different views than you, but they're not going to share it with you because the way in which you framed issues has confirmed your own bias. And they're probably thinking, look, I have a hundred million headaches on a daily basis as it is. I don't want one more with, with you. You're a nice person. I don't want to get into politics with you. So think about that for a second. You know, when, like, just because your friend's a teacher, and let's say there have been cuts to teachers, you don't know if your friend agrees or disagrees with those, that cut. I mean, maybe they do because they're looking at it from a job perspective, but you don't know that. So because you don't know that, the way in which you frame an issue online is so, so critical. You have to think about advocacy and what you believe in versus curiosity and what you're legitimately not knowing versus do I want to sound like I'm just attacking this politician or government? It's okay to feel passionate about topics. I'm not saying don't. Definitely you should. But the way in which you present those topics, it needs to tell a story. And the way in which it tells that story will garner more feedback, more comments, more results for yourself. Maybe you don't want comments. Maybe you just want to use social media as a venting tool. If that's the case, type out what you want to share, close your laptop, sit down, think about this, and ask yourself, does it actually further the conversation that we need on this topic? And many times you'll find that it doesn't, and that's fine. And you open your laptop, delete it, and you say, it's not worth it. I don't, I don't want the two likes and one comment. I don't want the negative blowback. I don't want to sit behind my computer nervously sweating about what someone's typing against my own update. I don't, want, I don't want any of that. So think critically about what you're posting online and be very conscious of your own bias. Everybody has bias. I have bias. Although I'm running strong and free, you know, I have my own bias. And so many of you have reached out saying, you know what, like you could have presented this issue a little bit more balanced. So thanks so much for that. But the way, you which, the way in which you present that information is so critical.
Remember, when we're talking politics, we want to invite conversation. We don't want to end it. We don't want people just to hear our opinion, what we're advocating for, and then that's it. What if somebody has a legitimate disagreement? That's going to strengthen your perspective if you can accurately debate word for word why you believe your way is better. You can't run away from the uncomfortable and people who have dissenting opinions. You have to embrace it, especially if you're posting something online. And again, when you're getting the two likes and the one comment and you have thousands of friends, ask yourself this, what is everyone else thinking? They're seeing my updates, but why is nobody commenting on this? Why is nobody liking this? I think it's because the story that you're telling is not compelling. The story that you're telling is a one-sided narrative. And people don't want to read a one-sided narrative. Surprisingly, people actually want to feel like they can respond in a safe environment. So that's it for this week. Before you reply online, again, remember these three tips. Think about what you're doing and the confirmation bias. Remember the sources that you're looking at. You know, challenge yourself. Ask yourself, is this really furthering the conversation? Should I even post this online? And finally, ask yourself, what if what am I providing that provides a compelling story? That's important. You know, compelling stories are ones that really get to us and they engage us. You know, if the government's cutting education uh, funding and that results in less teachers and bigger classrooms and uh, all these other issues, ask yourself, how can I get someone who doesn't have kids or kids that are not in high school and elementary school, how can I get them to care about that? What can I tell them that will leave them caring about it? Why should they care? And do it again in a respectful way. Anyways, that's it for me today on this episode of Before You Reply Online. I really hope you're enjoying this. I'm enjoying doing this. If I wasn't, I wouldn't do it. Um, thank you so much for everybody who's, re- who's read my medium.com articles. Um, also, I will say that... Um, I know I've been absent from YouTube. I will be posting on YouTube very soon. Um, it's just been very busy and no excuses. My resolutions for this year are to you know do more, be better, and um, constantly put uh, my, my social media, um, podcasts, YouTube, everything out there. So thank you so much for engaging in this. And listen, if you have any comments, questions, feedback, please send me an email, strong and free, strong, S-T-R, S-T-R-O-N-G-A-N-D-F-R-E-E, 2018 at gmail.com. Also leave a comment if you can on this podcast. I'd love to hear from you. So don't, don't hesitate, reach out whenever you can. And remember, stay balanced, stay informed. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Strong and Free, the podcast dedicated to providing you with the information that you need on the topics of the day. And remember, stay balanced, stay informed, 